0: You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game.
1: 1037
0: Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Happy July 1st, a.k.a. Bobby Bonilla Day. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 103 7 Lafayette. 104 1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It's your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. It's your main man, Matt Miguez. Just wrapping up, finished. Just wrapped up filling in for the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Two hours to go right here on Crunch Time. What a day in the world of sports! Yesterday was crazy. Today got crazier. Producer extraordinaire, co-host with the most, James Mesh. Still sitting in the studio, still pushing all the buttons. Still making me look good. James, what's going on, buddy? That's a tall task. Hey, watch <laughs> it now. That, that's not necessary. Hey, you set it up. That is not necessary. It is raining outside. My hair got frizzy. That is not fair.
2: The uh, The excuse.
1: Yeah, My not, hair was
2: frizzy. I just, I just couldn't
1: do it. That's yeah, not fair. So, I don't
2: even know where, where to begin with, with the stories that we could dive into. Unfortunately, we haven't gotten anything new when it comes to NBA free agency. No, it, it's kind of hit a dead period over the last hour or so. For um, poor shame. How how dare you take an afternoon nap and be a free agency? Right. Shams, woes, y'all need to wake up and
1: tell these seem to do something and do
0: your jobs.
1: God. Anyways. No, I mean they, they definitely deserved their break. They uh they, they stayed up through the night last night covering these crazy free agent deals because man, has there been a lot of them. Carl Anthony Towns agreeing to a four-year, $224 million Supermax. Nikola Jokic, five years, $264 million up to 270 That makes him the richest player in NBA history. Devin Booker, four years, $224 million. You got Jalen Brunson going to the Knicks on a four-year, $104 million deal. Go a little bit further back. P.J. Tucker going to the 76ers. James Harden supposed to work out a deal with the Sixers this weekend. Patty Mills going to Brooklyn? Or returning to Brooklyn? That's an interesting move for for Patty Mills. How about Lou Dort? Five-year, 87-and-a-half from the Oklahoma City Thunder. But... You know, we this all happened yesterday and early this morning. the The things that are 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 crazy that have happened today. Yosef Nurkic, four years, seventy million to stay with Portland. Zach Levine, a five year, two hundred and fifteen million dollar max contract to return to Chicago. Robin Lopez is going to go to the Cavs. The Celtics, your guys. Acquiring Malcolm Brogdon for Daniel Theis, Aaron Neesmith, and a 2023 first. The Celtics also included Nick Stauskas, Malik Fitz, and Jawan Morgan in the deal. The trade cannot become official until July 9th, however, because Morgan has a signing restriction in his contract. And then Rudy Gobert. We all knew that Rudy Gobert was probably going to get traded. We just didn't know when or where he was going to go, but then the Minnesota Timberwolves came calling, and they sent the Jazz four first-round picks, Malik Beasley, Pat Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt, and Walker Kessler for Rudy Gobert. So now, the Minnesota Timberwolves may have the scariest backcourt in the NBA. I'm telling you, if I'm... If I'm a slashing point guard, I do not want to drive to the rim and meet up with Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. That's freaky, James.
2: Freaky Friday. Okay. (laughs) No, but moving Cat to the four, but that's if they keep him because I don't know, like I've, I've said this before, but I'm a big visual guy seeing a guy in a uniform, kind of does a lot for me. I, I can't really see Rudy in Timberwolves colors. I don't know about you, but it feels like it would be an odd choice for him to make that change too. I feel like he would maybe be used as a piece to go get someone like Katie. I know we talked about that before. There's plenty of teams that could go get him that have pieces. Yeah. Yeah, That that's interesting. The
1: only thing is, is, do you move on from Cat after signing him to an extension the way you just did?
2: No, but you move on from Rudy because I I don't know. It's hard for me to see Rudy in the Timberwolves colors.
1: But where that?
2: But, but where would he go? Right. Because
1: the only move that I could see the Timberwolves logically making is he goes gets Kevin Durant. They go get Kevin Durant, but here's the problem. You just gave up all of these first-rounders to acquire Rudy Gobert. What are you going to package him with? Rudy Gobert by himself is not going to get the job done. Of course not. So I don't know what else you could package with Rudy Gobert if you're the Timberwolves to make a move for Kevin Durant. Because, I mean, looking at the free agent market... Who else would you would you really go after? We're looking at the trade market. Who else who else do you go after? You're not gonna go get Donovan Mitchell because the reason the Jazz traded Rudy Gobert is because Gobert and Donovan Mitchell didn't want to play together anymore. You're not gonna go get Tyler Hero because you don't need him. You've got Anthony Edwards. So it's like I, I get what you're saying. With the Rudy Gobert thing, I just...
2: Like, what about Rudy, Jaden McDaniels?
1: Yeah, but you see, the the story was that the Timberwolves were happy that they were able to get the Rudy Gobert deal done without touching Jaden McDaniels. Mm. They want to keep Jaden McDaniels. So I don't know if they'd include him in a package for Kevin Durant. Now, guaranteed, Kevin Durant might force them to do so, but... I think, and also
2: that's also another thing: is does he even want to go there?
1: Well, that that is a good point. But like we talked about earlier, with the Nets holding all the cards,
2: it was,
3: does it really
1: matter?
2: Yeah. For right now, it doesn't because the
1: there's no way Kevin Durant's gonna go to whatever team the Nets trade him to, and then just sit there. I mean, what's he gonna do? End his career sitting on a bench? Holding he's. out? Of course no. he's not. So, yeah, I mean, he really has no leverage in, in where he's going to go play. Which is kind of intriguing. Because usually the superstar kind of drives that ship. But the Nets have the opportunity to change that here. Now, we've talked about so much NBA with all the new free agency signings and trades and whatnot. We haven't gotten to the fact that the Astros called up Corey Lee. Their top catching prospect, Jason Castro, had to go on the 10-day IL. And so while he's on the IL recovering, Corey Lee, who's been having a tremendous year in Sugarland, has been called up and will be in uniform for the Astros tonight against the Angels. Very interesting concept because Martín Maldonado and Jason Castro are both older. Corey Lee has been deemed their catcher of the future. So we might be able to see him in blue and orange a little earlier than expected. Also in uniform and in the lineup tonight, Jeremy Pena. He has been cleared from his injury protocol with the collision with him and Jordan Alvarez. Pena is back in the lineup tonight. Jordan Alvarez, however, is still out. So we'll keep you updated on that. Altuve will bat first, Pena second, Tucker third. Bregman fourth, Guriel fifth, Madajevic sixth, Meyer seventh, McCormick eighth, and Martin Maldonado will bat ninth with Christian Javier on the mound against the Angels. Poll question of the day up on Facebook and Twitter What do you think of the most when you think of the fourth of July? Do you think of baseball? Fireworks, hot dogs, other. So far, fifty percent say fireworks, sixteen percent say hot dogs, eight percent say baseball, twenty-five percent say other. James, hot dog eating contest Monday in Coney Island. Joey Chestnut wins again.
2: That's looking like it. Did, I had seen the the odds earlier minus three thousand. Minus, minus three thousand. Yeah, I mean, I get, I get what to. Three cents you'd get for three, betting a dollar. Yeah, sick.
1: You'd you'd get, you'd get three cents off of a dollar.
2: Sick. So maybe 30, I make that. Maybe I make a parlay.
1: Thirty cents over ten
2: bucks. Solid. Hell yeah, that's a, that's a deal. Pays for the taxes of make whatever a, I buy. That's for nine ninety nine.
1: He said, "Make a parlay.
2: Make a parlay with Joey Chestnut on the UFC this weekend.
1: Oh man, we didn't even get into the UFC during Jordy's show. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to get into that right here because." Two title fights tomorrow night. That's going to be incredible. So again, Astros seven ten right here on these airwaves. Robert Ford and Steve Sparks will bring you the pregame show starting at six forty. Let's update some MLB scores. Currently, into the fifth, Toronto has opened up a five two lead on the Rays. Meanwhile, the Cubs leading the Red Sox six to five. Poor Martin. His Red Sox are losing to the Cubs. The Cubs, who were once really good, like a couple years ago won the World Series, but now they're back to being the lovable losers. It's what they were called for 100 years, and then they won the World Series, but now they're back. They have fulfilled
2: their destiny as the lovable losers. They got their quota in for like, the the last you got to do it within the 1900s, the 2000s. Right. So we may not see another Cubs World Series till 21, 21 8
1: Right, right. Bottom of the seventh, nobody out. The Cubs have a runner on second, so they could add some insurance right here and and further put away the the Boston Red Sox. Meanwhile, the New York Yankees playing the Guardians tonight. The red hot New York Yankees. I mean, what what more can you say? 56 and 22. That is just a unreal stat line. Let's take a look at some MLB stat leaders quickly. Leader in wins is Astros Justin Verlander with 10 batting averages. Paul Goldschmidt with at a 342 clip. Aaron Judge leads the home run race with 29. Earned run average, Shane McClanahan has a 1.77. Verlander's in third with a 2.03. RBIs, Polar Bear Pete. Pete Alonzo, 69, runs batted in. Josh Hader with 24 saves on the year. Rafael Devers leads the hits category with 98. And Shane McClanahan has the most strikeouts so far this year with 123 me talking about the Red Sox and how they're having an unfortunate Friday, July 1st, I've poked the bear. You summoned him. I summoned the bear. What's up, Martin?
4: Man, you knew I'd be calling, bro. Getting me in right now?
1: <laughs> it's the bottom of the seventh.
4: They've all left to be played. They're going to come back. Don't you worry.
2: Oh,
1: but this hey, man. How
4: about, how, about, how about them Astros, though, huh? Without their two or two of their best players, and they still beat the Yankees. That's why I've been telling you, me the Yankees ain't the best team in Major League Baseball. I'm telling you, um, they're not the best team in Major League Baseball. And this just proved it right here. They Look at their schedule. The first half of the season, they ain't played nobody. They played the Orioles like how many times? 20 times? Of course you're going to have 50 wins. You're playing scrubs like the Orioles, you know? Put them against some elite teams and see what they do. And they, they choke. They, 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 weeks are weeks.
1: The, they are the only elite team in baseball right now other than the Astros.
4: And I still think, I, even though the record don't, don't, don't show it, but I, I still think, man, the you, Astros are the, you, the best team in A.L. man. You've got the and, Astros.
1: Uh, like, you've got the Mets. You've got the Dodgers. And then you've got the Yankees. Uh, Those are your top you teams in baseball.
4: Yeah. But I'm just saying I think the Astros get in the playoffs and they're gonna be very hard to beat, man. I, I still don't think I think the Yankees are gonna crash and burn in the playoffs, man. I mean and I still think Judge is gonna get hurt the second half. I mean it's only a matter of time. I mean the dudes made a glass. So you
1: think Aaron Judge is gonna get hurt while I think he's gonna shatter the single season home run record.
4: Oh no that ain't happening, man. That is, that's not gonna happen. Uh uh-uh. uh. That ain't happening. Not a doubt in my mind. Not one. If if he does that, I'm a I'm a I'm a pull the Paul and I'm a I'm a say check the man for steroids.
2: Oh my god!
4: <laughs> Paul was so mad this morning. He's like, I'm not calling in the show. The umpires cheated, cheated, cheated us. I was like, y'all are the umpires. He just did that to not make it quite as obvious. Y'all are the umpires. Don't give me that BS. So. But anyway, uh I was calling in the uh, um man, I seen that trade that uh between the Minnesota Timberwolves and the uh, Utah Jazz, for so Rudy, Rudy Gobert. Man, I think the Minnesota twi- uh the Minnesota Timberwolves is gonna be a team to watch next year, man. Like they're gonna come out of nowhere. I mean, look what they did this year. They are an up and coming team, now you get you add Rudy Gobert to the mix. Uh, to go with a uh, cat yep. and ant. Uh I just think, man, they're gonna be lethal next year. Yep.
5: Team, you know
4: Where would you rank them in the in the uh, in the Western Conference, buddy?
5: I'd
1: put them as a playoff team. I don't. I don't know where exactly I would put them, but they're a playoff team.
4: Do you think they're better than my Warriors? Or no? No, no I don't think so. We got to see if they mesh first. I mean, but uh, no pun intended. Uh, but yeah, man. Uh, Who's the next big name you think gets moved over the weekend, buddy? And uh, I appreciate you taking my call, and I'll hang up and listen, buddy.
1: Appreciate the call, Martin. So next big name I see moving, Tyler Hero. I think Tyler Hero gets dealt this weekend. that's That's what I see happening. James, let's take a timeout right here. Toby Christie, our NASCAR expert, will join us. On the other side of this timeout on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 104-1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: We love talking about sports. Yeah. You love listening to sports. Yep. Yeah. Sounds like we were meant to be together or at least friends with benefits. Aren't you glad you found us? Back to more of the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. you your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. Let's talk some NASCAR. Fourth of July weekend, always a good time in the world of NASCAR. Toby Christie of TobyChristie.com joins us. Toby, good afternoon, man. Thanks for taking the time. How are you?
6: Yeah, I'm doing good. Matt, James, thanks for having me on again, guys. It's gonna be fun.
1: So last weekend, let's go to Nashville before we touch on Road America. And, you know, last weekend, Mother Nature really tried to put a damper on things and, and spoil that race in Nashville. Two red flags because of weather, a two-hour delay on the back half, raced until almost 11.30 at night before Chase Elliott was deemed the winner. And now you're going to his playground in a road course. I mean, you got to be on cloud nine if you're the nine team, right?
6: Oh, for sure. They've, they've got to be feeling pretty good going to this weekend. Uh, I mean, this is kind of their bread and butter is the road courses. I know they haven't pulled off a win there yet this year with the next-gen car. Uh, but coming into this weekend with uh, two wins on the season, they're leading the uh, regular season point standings. They're at the top of the playoff grid. Uh, I think they're pretty happy going into this weekend.
1: Now, what's interesting is if you look back at Nashville, you had that wreck with Alex Bowman on lap, I believe it was 141 that, that they had wrecked. And then a couple laps later ended up being the red flag. And had that wreck not happened, they probably would have gotten to 150. And when they red flagged, the race would have been over. So Chase Elliott kind of has his teammate to thank for getting in a wreck, basically.
6: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's really not how you uh, ever you know plan things out. So obviously they didn't uh, they didn't come up with this to, to conspire a way to win a race or anything like that. But uh, yeah, not, I mean that's that's how it is in NASCAR these days. You got to have everything going right, and that includes luck to be able to pull off wins in this uh, in the Cup Series and. Uh, for KSL and that team, they were lucky. The caution fell when it did, and, and the rain and weather fell when it did to, uh, to make it uh, happen where they were able to get the, uh, the long red flag. Uh, the race track got cooled off. It was nighttime, and the nine car came to life uh, at the right time.
1: Toby Christie of tobychristie.com joining us here. So looking at Road America the Xfinity Series has been racing here since 2010. However, NASCAR didn't, the Cup Series didn't pick up racing here until last year. This is a new road course for the Cup Series. It's a brand new road course for the next gen car. You know, like what can what can fans expect this weekend out of Road
7: America?
6: Well, I mean, I think you know the guys that have been kind of the the staples at the top of the road courses are going to be strong as always. But uh, we've had some new names kind of emerge at the road courses this season as well. Uh, Ross Chastain, Daniel Suarez have been pretty darn good every road course we go to. I know Suarez hasn't always gotten the finishes, but he did just get his first win at Sonoma. So that's a big uh, big thing for him. Chastain won Coda, which is a little bit more uh, similar to this racetrack. It's super long, has a lot more high-speed uh, sections of the course. Uh, so I think the track house racing is pretty exciting going into this weekend. Uh, Chase Elliott won at this racetrack uh, last year in the first Cup Series race there. And then AJ Allmendinger is a guy who is a perennial playoff or not playoff, but perennial road course racing contender. He's just really good at these kinds of tracks. Uh, College Racing will have him in their 16 car. He's been running a part time uh, Xfinity or part time Cup series schedule, full time Xfinity this year. Uh, and I think he's the guy that will be one of the ones to beat on Sunday as well.
1: Yeah, you know he's he's looking for his third road course victory here in in 2022. Talking about AJ Allmendinger. So now, you know, you're getting to the point of the year where playoff points and the standings really start to come into the picture with only nine races to go into the playoffs. You know, who are some guys that are on the bubble that, that you're looking at as we come down this backstretch?
6: Man, there are some real names to be worried about that you don't usually have to worry about when it comes to playoffs. But with how many winners we've had, uh, things have gotten crazy. We've had 12 winners in the, uh, the first, uh, what, 17 races here at this point. Uh, I mean, you know, 16 guys make the playoffs a win, you know, usually locks your spot in, but if we get too many winners, that might not be the case this year. But uh, I'm, I'm really concerned about Kevin Harvick. He's only nine points to the good right now. You look at the names behind him, you got Michael McDowell, who's really good at road courses, Chris Busher nearly won at Sonoma as well. One of those two guys wins uh, this race on Sunday. That really puts Harvick into a bind, but you've got other guys like Tyler Reddick behind him. Eric Jones has shown uh, you know, the ability to restrict to plate races and other <laughs> tracks like that. Haley's been good at uh, road courses as well. And then you got Bubba Wallace uh, has had a good car, has had a bad pit crew for most of the race or most of the season. But you know something swings one way or the other for any of these guys that's outside the top 16, and that now shifts your playoff cut line. And Harvick's the guy you know looking on the outside uh, looking in, and I think that's the guy you got to be worried about.
1: So Chase Elliott pretty much secured his spot in in the playoff standings with that win in Nashville. And, you know, now you're you're kind of looking at, you know, Chase Elliott, Ross Chastain, Ryan Blaney even still hanging around in the mix, although he hasn't won a race yet this year, which is rather surprising considering the year that he had last year. One guy I'm looking at, and you can you can agree or disagree. I'm watching Kyle Larson to to get a second win here down the backstretch. I mean, ten year ten wins last year, Cup championship. So far this year, only one win sitting at seventh in the playoff points. You know he he's got to break through that ceiling at some point.
6: No,'m sure i I think you're one hundred percent dead on with that. I, I'm very surprised at this point he only has one win, but at this point, nobody has more than two. I think it really shows how big of an uh, uh, equalizer this, this next-gen car has been for the entire field. Uh, but, yeah, I would be very, very surprised if we get to playoffs and he doesn't have at least one more win uh, going into it. I mean, 10 wins last year, you would expect, obviously, a fall-off from 10, uh, but you expect a little more than one. Uh, so I don't, I don't see him sticking at one.
1: Chatting with Toby Christie here uh, on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. And then, you know, talking about the Xfinity Series, Ty Gibbs. I mean, three wins on the year, leading the playoff standings, only 19 years old. That's absolutely yeah. crazy to me.
6: No, for sure. And, I mean, people were kind of screaming, and, you know, if Martin Church Jr. decided to retire, I, I think it was Ty Gibbs the time to go to Cup. But, uh, fortunately for Joe Gibbs Racing, they want to give him that extra year in Xfinity, and it looks like he's going to get it with Martin Church Jr. now announcing that he will return next year. But, man... What he has shown at the age of 19 is incredible. He won the Arca Series Championship uh, a year ago, uh, ran a lot of uh, extended races last year, won several of them, and it's just part-time debuts, including his first-ever start in the series, which was really impressive. Uh, and now this year, he's just backed it up with three more wins, and the guy is really, really good. He has ruffled a few feathers this year, though, so uh, we're kind of seeing a little bit of the uh, the, the perfection uh, kind of slide off the uh, off the rails there for Ty Gibbs a little bit, but uh, it does show he is human, and uh, I, I think we're seeing some incredible speed from him at the age of nineteen.
1: Last question I have for you, Toby. Talking about JR Motorsports, they popped up in the news the other day when they talked about how they do at some point want to field a Cup team, and then you know their one of their Xfinity drivers, Josh Berry, says that he has a dream of Cup racing one day. Could could that align, and could we see JR Motorsports in the Cup Series soon?
6: I think eventually you will see them. I don't know, you know, obviously they've been making phone calls trying to make it happen. They tried making it happen this past offseason, but the entry barrier with the the price of the charters was too much for them to overcome for last year. Uh, I know Kelly Earnhardt's been uh, on the phone trying to make it happen with a lot of different people, Uh, so I expect to see maybe a a part-time schedule for them next year in Cup. Uh, If all things go well, uh, I could see 2024 for sure being a a possible full-time campaign if they can get a charter, so... Another question people have kind of been having now is does this mean we're going to have kind of like expansion like you see in in baseball and football and every other sport where you've got the 36 charters? Do we expand to 37? Do we expand to 38 and have a new team be able to buy in uh, and maybe give, you know, fees back to the other owners to be able to work their way into the sport as well? So that's something we're going to kind of keep an eye on at this point. As we all know, the Cup Series can hold up to 40 cars on the field, and, and right now we've got 36 charters. So there's definitely room there. I just don't know what that looks like if, if we do decide to start adding more charters.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Toby Christie of tobychristie.com taking the time to join us. Toby, really appreciate your time, appreciate your insight as always. Go enjoy Xfinity practice, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, my friend.
6: Awesome. Thanks, guys. Let's do it again sometime.
1: There he goes, Toby Christie. Always love getting a chat with him about the world of NASCAR. The Game 1037 Lafayette one zero four one Lake Charles wants to hook you up with a brand new Apple Watch. All you have to do is join our brand new text club. Simply text the word GAME to 337-288-8100. That's GAME to 337-288-8100. Once you join, you will be eligible to win the Apple Watch. Plus, you'll get the chance to score other great prizes like Astros tickets and more. It's the Game Text Club. Find out more on 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. We'll take a timeout right here on Crunch Time with me, Gaz and Mesh. And when we return, we have audio from Dennis Allen. And James and I will look at the best position groups in the NFL. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It's your home for the LSU Tigers
0: and Houston Astros. Fire time! <laughs> You're listening to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Johnson throws, Boutte's got it wide open at the 10, far side, he's in for the score. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field, going back on it's Gordon, he'll look up at the you Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: Welcome back. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 104-1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. Bottom of the eighth. Cubs still lead the Red Sox 6-5. So that means that if the Red Sox play good defense here and hold the Cubs to zero, they'll be down to their final three outs to try to beat the Cubs. Martin is probably shivering at this at this very moment quivering in his boots right right so let's do some saints talk the new Orleans saints held their final practice of minicamp on wednesday dennis allen met with the media and he had this to say as his opening statement
7: I think this was a good camp for us. You know, I was pleased with um, obviously the attendance number one. I was pleased with the with the effort. I thought, you know, from our, our players to our coaching staff to you know sports staff. I mean I thought it was a I thought it was a good camp that I think sets the foundation for moving into training camp. And so uh, that's where we now begin to turn our focus and get ready for really the start of the 2022 season.
1: One issue that the Saints have been dealing with is the absence of Marcus Davenport, who has been dealing with a slew of injuries and just recently had a second surgery. So who has stepped up in Davenport's absence for the Saints? Dennis Allen fills us in.
7: Well, I think Carl Granderson's had a really good camp. You know he's a guy that you know was here for for all of the OTAs and and here for the mini camp. I think he's a guy up front that I felt like really took a, a step forward in this camp, and hopefully can continue that as we get into uh, training camp in August.
1: Another guy that has taken a big step forward is Bryce Thompson, and Dennis, Dennis Allen talked about Bryce Thompson's performance in camp and other players just striving to get better every day.
7: Anytime you get to grow through experience, it's a benefit to, to you. So, his ability as a young player to kind of be on the practice squad, be in the system for a year, understand not only what we're asking him to do, but how we're asking him to do it, I, I think is a plus. You know, I think with Bryce, as with a lot of these guys, we're, we're working on consistency. You know, you see some some, some good plays. Um, and then you see some plays where you're like, ah, we got to get better in in that area. So that's what all players should and are striving to do is become more consistent because I know from a coaching staff standpoint, if I know exactly what I'm getting on every play, it's much easier for me to put you in positions to have success.
1: The New Orleans Saints will resume with training camp beginning in late July. Staying on the subject of the NFL, James Mesh, let's look at the top position groups in the NFL in 2022. This is an article from our good friends at CBS Sports. So it goes their pick for the best offensive line, and then it gives teams that are in the honorable mention category. First, best offensive line.
2: Philadelphia Eagles? They've got a good line. They got a very nice run front. The best though?
1: Intriguing. That's an interesting thought. Honorable mention, the Browns, the Buccaneers, the Ravens, and the Chiefs. Now, if you if you look at the Eagles line, they do have Landon Dickerson. They do still have Lane Johnson. They also have Jason Kelsey. I, I could see it. Actually. I could I mean
2: uh, I'm looking I'm just looking at the teams themselves across the NFL and I'm like, No, they're not better than the Eagles. Right. No, they're not better than the Eagles. So I mean yep. the more and more I look at it, the the more and more justified it feels. Man, do you remember the time
1: when the Cowboys had the best offensive line? Oh that
2: line was scary, bro. It wasn't even close. That line was scary. It was unfortunate that Travis Frederick had to yeah. retire. Early. Very early.
1: Yep. That's a shame. Best non quarterback offensive skill players Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, yeah. Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd,
2: T. Higgins,
1: T. Higgins, Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst. Need I go on? And you know, it's, you know, it hurts me. You know what blows my mind even more? The fact that the Saints weren't put on honorable mention. And How do you, how do you not? Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, Taysom Hill.
2: How do you not? I can see where they're coming from because Mike hasn't been healthy in two years. Chris Olave, as hype as he's been, he hasn't proved anything yet. It's true. This is... This is the first time we'll, we will see Jarvis Landry in a Saints uniform. Jameis is coming off an injury. But, I mean, at least honorable mention. I think so, but they're also including seven, eight teams, eight other teams. Raiders. It's like we all we can't include everybody in the NFL, so it's 49ers. I don't even know about the 49ers. Kittle's nice and Debo. Are re- they're both really nice players, and we've seen Elijah Mitchell Elijah just pop Mitchell. up. But who else? Brandon Ayuk feels like he's kind of – he was supposed to step up last year, but that's right. where Debo popped off. Right. Rams still got – they retooled. That makes sense. The Bucs? The Bucks. Yeah, Evans
1: and Godwin.
2: But then you also have guys like Russell Gage and Scotty Miller who are sneaky good.
1: The Vikings I get. Jefferson, Thielen.
2: Irv Smith if, he, Irv Smith. if he's able to step up. I get but that. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. The Dolphins, Dolphins of Interesting. course. I mean, well, Tyreek. You, you have the two fastest. You have the th- three of the five fastest players in the I, NFL. I forget that they have Tyreek now. You have Tyreek, Jalen Waddle, and I know Raheem Mostert gets early injured, really early. But whenever he's healthy, you have the you have three of the five fastest players in the NFL. Yeah, that's true. You have a, true. you have a track squad on offense.
1: Best defensive front. Can you take a gander? Steelers. It's because you looked at it. Yeah. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. I mean, Cameron Hayward, Under Tyson Alalu, Miles Jack, Devin
2: Bush. I did, I had forgot they got Ogan Joby to the clog up the middle. I had forgot they got him. And then yep. they also signed Miles Jack and still have Devin Bush in the middle with T.J. Watt coming off the edge. I mean, it's that's a really good The article,
1: The article goes on. You want an elite edge rusher? Okay, here's T.J. Watt. How about an elite interior rusher? There's Cameron Hayward. Want a great nose tackle? Tyson Olalu. You want depth? Chris Wormley, Larry O'Genobi, Montravius Adams, Dar Maven DeMarvin Leal, Alex Highsmith. And then in the linebacking core, you got Devin Bush and Miles Jack. That's a freaky defense. All the way around. You still got Minka
2: rolling in the secondary. Which is why you look at the front seven, they're going to keep them in games and give, whether it be Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky a chance, and that's why you're still going to see them be at worst nine and eight.
1: Best defensive backfield? The Packers?
2: I found that one very interesting because... Packers. I feel like you have to slightly give the nod to both Ravens and the Bills. Jair Alexander, no one really talks about him, but Jair's great. And then they have Adrian Amos who got who they got from the Bears. You've got
1: Amos who's okay. You've Darnell got,
2: Savage. You've got Rasul Douglas who's okay. I don't I don't know. Are we underrating Eric Stokes and Rasul Douglas? That's what I'm wondering. Are they being underrated and we're just not realizing that they're better than we think they are?
1: I don't know how you bet against. I don't.
2: I don't. I don't know how you bet against. I know. I know. Marlon Humphrey's coming off an ACL or Marcus Peters. Mm-hmm. No, hum, Humphrey's coming off a torn pec. Yeah. So I, I understand the coming off injuries. Just, but having both of those as your boundary, and then you also got Marcus Williams.
1: And then I might. I might be biased, but God, the Saints are low on that
2: list. They are. It's just we haven't seen what the safeties can do. Can we see Paulson Adebo? Is he going to have a sophomore slump, or is he going to continue and be better than what he did in his rookie year? We haven't we haven't seen what Tyra Matthew and Marcus May can do, because also Marcus May, not only is he recovering from an injury, but he also may be suspended. Yeah. So that's unfortunate, and that's why they're only in the honorable mention, but I still look at the Ravens, man. The Ravens. Their backup safeties should start for most teams. Oh, it's true. Because they drafted Kyle Hamilton, and I know people are, they've been dogging him because he had a bad 40 time. But when you watch the tape, he has really good closing speed. He's really good at being able to catch up when the ball is in the air. But then you also have Chuck Clark and Brandon Stevenson and Tony Jefferson as your backups. Yep. I mean, I feel like that's the best secondary in the league. I, And then you look at the Bills. The Bills secondary? Two great safeties that have been doing it for a while that have the chemistry together. Micah Hyde and Jordan Poirier. I know Trey White's coming off an ACL as well. But, man, he's got to be a top five corner. Yep. And then they got Taron Johnson. Teron Johnson, that they drafted a couple years ago, he had that hundred-yard pick six on Lamar in the AFC divisional round. The only thing is, they're just trying to find an opposite boundary corner, which is why are we underrating Eric Stokes? Is that is that what's happening? He had a great rookie year. I'm not going to doubt that. That's the same thing but... with that's the same thing with the corner for Atlanta. He's all of a sudden. You look at the Madden ratings. He's a 90 overall. I'm like, I understand he had a good year, but is he 90 overall worthy after just one season? What was his name? Uh, I'd be lying if I told you. It, AJ Terrell. Oh, yeah, from like, Clemson. I mean, come on.
1: Yeah, I'd, I don't know. It, it's still early, obviously. Um, they're, they're still, you know, you're not even into training camp yet, but... And maybe we are undervaluing the other pieces of the Packers, but that just seems like a
2: stretch to me. Especially when you look at Baltimore. Yeah. Baltimore is just so stacked with so many defensive people, yeah. and you could put them in the middle if you really need to. Right. That, that's, the, that's the thing that's scary about Baltimore on defense. The Houston
1: Astros, one of the hottest teams in baseball, and we want to help you see them live in person. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. Houston takes on Seattle on Saturday, July 30th, and you can be there. All you got to do is register in the game clubhouse, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com, to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. As always, Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian Houston downtown, and The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Take time out right here, update the poll question on the other side, and get you set for a stacked hour number two. Here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It's your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. <laughs> Welcome back, crush time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game 103.7 Lafayette one hundred four one Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana's sports station at your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, James. We talked earlier about it being Bobby Bonilla Day. You you ready to get your mind blown? Go for it. Bobby Bonilla's twenty twenty two salary one point two million dollars. Jordan Alvarez's 2022 salary? Oh my god. $700,000. Bobby Bonilla is making more money at home than a AL MVP candidate in Jordan Alvarez. That is uh when you put it that way. That's um that's interesting. And then here's another thing that, you know, when when you When you get in a free agency, you, you see all kinds of crazy, like, man, if this could happen kind of post, right? It's a picture, and it's a L.A. Lakers big three. LeBron, Kyrie, and KD. On what universe would that work? LeBron, Kyrie, and KD. Think about that for a second. Three egos that can't fit in the door. (laughs) KD and LeBron play the same style of ball. KD's a better shooter. Kyrie and LeBron, I don't know. I still don't know if they can coexist on a court together. That's As much talent individually as those three guys have, together, that's a 500-basketball team. That's terrible. How are you acquiring both of them? Shall we go back to the Kobe-Nash-Dwight-Howard experiment?
2: Oh, man, I remember that. That was a joke. And everyone was like, "It's it's it's unstoppable." Oh,
1: they're they're running. Kobe's gonna have more rings than Michael. They didn't win one. It actually blew up in their faces faster than they even made the playoffs. You think this would be any different? Because I don't. Shall we go back to last year, and still maybe even this year? LeBron, Russ, AD. Worst Lakers season in franchise history. That wasn't an accident. Yeah, AD missed a lot of the season. LeBron was hurt at points too. But that wasn't, even if they all three played together healthy, that's still a 500-basketball team. They can't play together. Just like these three would not be able to play together. That's an unbelievable, the fact that somebody had that thought that it could work out blows my mind. Hour number one of crunch time in the books, hour number two, 5.15. Tyler Batiste of the Athletic NBA is going to join us to talk free agency. And then at 5.30, my guy from Ohio, Russ Eisenstein going to join us to talk about this crazy realignment in college football. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station is your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Migaz and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: Hour number two of two right here on your Friday afternoon. Crunch Time with Migaz and Mesh on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers, and Houston Astros. You know, something I just read makes me think of a song. And fair warning, not a very good singer. But, actually I'm not going to do that to you. Chicago Cubs take down the Boston Red Sox 6-5 to five today. Go Cubs, go. Go Cubs, go. That's all I'm going to say. Fly the W, baby. I'm just glad the, the Red Sox lost. That's that's all it is. Uh, it just makes me happy when the Red Sox and the Yankees both lose. So there's that.
2: Let's look at... we got about an hour of the show left for today. I'd hate to go back to Durant, but I did see that Durant would welcome the trade to Miami only if Butler, Bam, and Lowry remain on the team. Can't. So you'd have to trade Tyler Hero.
1: Bam has to be involved. You cannot trade both D du- Miami can't have both Durant and Bam on the same team because there's something about contract exceptions. You can't have more than one on one team. And Durant would be Miami's second. I remember, I don't remember the exact details, but I remember reading something about that. Bam would have to be involved in the trade to send Durant to Miami. Looking at the John Deere Classic, how about JT Poston? Starting nine under for today, he is five under so far in round number two through 12 holes. He leads by four strokes at 14 under for the tournament I mean he had a good run at the Travelers last weekend and to now have a four stroke cushion arguably heading into the weekend pretty impressive stuff from uh from JT Poston let's go back to the hotline 337-706-0111 Martin you, you, you calling just to be upset my man <laughs>
4: Yeah, my Red Sox lost. It's all right. I'll live another day, bro. I ain't going to get all heartbroken. But anyway, I want to touch on something I heard you, you mention in the last hour. I hope to God, and I pray to God, and I'm going to pray every night until we find out where KD goes, that he does go to the Lakers. Because, man, i love to see that clown show. Oh, i love to see that. That'd be pure enjoyment because I can't stand them Lakers. Can't stand them. And why they at it? Why don't you they keep West Russell uh, Westbrook brick as well? Let's let's do it big. If you're gonna do the Jerry Springer show in in Los Angeles, let's do it big. Keep Westbrook. Keep uh, get Kyrie. Get KD. Let let's let's do it big. You know what I'm saying?
1: I mean, I'm not. I would
4: love to see that.
1: I'm not a I'm Lakers. All down for that, man. I'm not a Lakers fan I, it, either.
4: Say that again.
1: I said I'm not a Lakers fan either, so I definitely wouldn't be upset with that.
4: I would love to see it 'cause it'd be a clown show, man. I'd love to see it. And then uh I was watching uh I forgot what the what the show name the show's name was yesterday and uh it was uh, some NBA show on ESPN that was on at four thirty. Uh and uh that clown show uh Jefferson, uh Richard Jefferson or whatever I got and they played for the for the Nets or whatever. He actually was trying to make a bet with Kendrick Perkins saying that k d is k d and Kyrie Irving's definitely going to the Lakers, oh yeah, made a bet with him or something like that yeah let's, let 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 him go to the, please let him go to the Lakers cause, man, I'd be eating my popcorn and watching that 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 train wreck all season long. pure enjoyment man, pure enjoyment <laughs> well martin i <laughs> hate I, I hate to say.
1: I hate to break it to you martin, that's not going to happen
4: I know it's not going to happen. He's probably gonna end up in Phoenix. I, I agree with you, uh, and that would be an absolute. Now, let me ask you a question: If he goes to Phoenix, which he probably will, do you possibly see um, the Phoenix Suns next season beating uh Golden State uh, wins record from a few seasons ago, when they had how many wins? Was it like it was seventy-three? Yeah, seventy. Do you think they win seventy-three? Maybe seventy-four uh, games. I don't know. Next season.
1: I don't know because yeah, they won what was it, sixty-four this year. Yeah. So I mean, they were close, but man, I don't know if you do that again. Like that it's hard, hard. It's hard to win that beat, many though, games.
4: Man. I mean. Now, who the Phoenix Suns got on their bench?
1: Cameron Payne, Cameron Johnson.
4: Now, I heard Cameron Payne might be included in that trade as well. So, let's say that he is now who they – I think that'd be maybe their only weakness, but, man, I still think that'd be a lethal team, man. Jesus Christ.
1: Jay Crowder, Dario Saric, Landry Shamet. they just got Aaron Holiday.
4: Now, do you see him maybe – Maybe going after uh, one more player, like a bench player, let's say uh, a Patty Mills maybe, just just as a bench player.
1: The only issue with that is Patty just signed a deal to stay with Brooklyn.
4: Oh, he's okay. Uh, Who's some other names out there? You can see him maybe going as a bench, like to come off the bench.
1: I mean, I don't know that they need anybody, honestly. If you look at their, if you look at their roster, you got Tory Craig, you got Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson, Aaron Holiday, JaVale McGee, Dario Saric. You've also got Alfred Payton, the former agent Cajun, yeah. sitting on your bench too, and Landry Shamet right. from Wichita State. I don't know that they need right. anybody.
4: Now, uh, I heard something on, I think, another radio show today, uh, but I didn't see nothing about it on ESPN. Uh, did the Pelicans give Zion a contract extension? Of, uh, I heard it was a five year or 100 something million or something like that. I heard it on one of the other shows. I don't remember what show. I want to say the Jim Rome show, maybe.
1: So they, they offered him a five year, $231 million rookie Supermax, and he is on the verge of accepting it. They're finalizing gotcha. things just, right now.
4: Now, what if? What if he, ne- he he keeps getting hurt and everything? Now that, that, that puts the pelicans in the hole. they got to pay all that money,
1: right? Well, it depends on how much of it's guaranteed. right and right. Then, and then the other thing is this: I, obviously it's a concern that he could get injured again, but I think that like I said earlier, I think that's part of the reason why he sat out all season last year was to get uh-huh. healthy, get right lose the weight that he needed to and he did. The the guy's lost mm-hmm. like forty five pounds. I mean uh-huh. I don't know. I think Zion's gonna be fine. Maybe I'm being naive. I don't know.
4: But I agree with you. I agree now I think he uh I think like like uh like Mesh was telling me uh he says he likes like uh like like, feel-good stories, and he was explaining about Jameis Winston and everything, and I give the Saints a hard time, but I want to see that man succeed after all he's been through, and, uh, when you were just saying that, that kind of, uh, about Zion, you know, I mean, all that, all the people that have gone against him and everything, I mean, it would be kind of a feel-good story, too, he's coming off an of injury and everything, I mean, I like when they got, like, a player that has, like, nothing to lose, that's humble, and then, uh, like, he comes and he just, just totally proves them all, like, all the NBA analysts that that's so high on the Lakers and all the, all all these other teams and everything. And then, uh, but yeah, I, I think Zion's gonna be just fine, man. I think he's gonna have a good season. He's gonna have a bounce back season next year. And uh, I mean, I'm not a Pelicans fan, but man, I was asking Paul uh, just early. I was like, man, who who do you see like the top three teams? And he wasn't even putting the Pelicans in there. But I was like, I think you gotta add the, the the Pelicans in the top three in the West, man. I really I really think you do, man. If Zion can stay healthy, I mean they look what they did this past season, man. That's all I gotta say. Yeah,
2: you know? they're
1: they're they're interesting for sure.
4: Yep, and uh, yeah, my Cowboys once did have offensive uh, line. I ain't got to lie, but uh, it was the injuries got it got the best of them. Uh, I was scratching my head a few years ago when we dra- drafted, uh, I think it was Fredericks or somebody in the first round, but I was like, man, you gotta think back to our glory days uh when we were winning Super Bowls and stuff and uh the good offensive lines uh, that we had back then, you know, I mean it makes sense but uh but yeah man that's all I wanted to get back in and say and y'all have yourself a uh, a happy fourth of July and come see the fire the fireworks and the water fights this weekend and uh tomorrow in E Rat man. E Rat E Rat, bro, E Rat not Delcom E rat you're going too far if you went to Delcum.
1: Appreciate you Martin. Y'all have a good holiday man. <laughs>
4: Yeah,
1: y'all too, man. Happy Fourth of July. Oh man, that guy cracks me up. Guy cracks me up. Bottom of the eighth, Blue Jays all over Tampa, nine to two. Houston Astros seven ten tonight on the game, and Robert Ford and Steve Sparks will bring you the pregame show starting at six forty right here on these airwaves. Still got a big hour number two on the other side. Tyler Batiste of the Athletic NBA will join us to discuss the craziness that has been free agency up to this point. I think it's going to get even crazier as we get into the weekend. And then at 5.30, Russ Eisenstein will take time to sit down with us and discuss conference realignment in college football and what's next for the Pac-12. You're on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. at your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. July 1st, 1982. Cal Ripken Jr. makes the first of his record 2,216 consecutive Major League Baseball starts at shortstop for the Baltimore Orioles. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: Welcome back. Crush time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. It's your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. We have talked at nauseam over the last three and a half hours about the NBA free agency buzz and everything that has gone down from Zach Levine to Rudy Gobert getting traded all the way back to Malcolm Brogdon and John Wall. But let's dissect all of it with an NBA expert. He's the managing editor of the Athletic NBA and a South Louisiana boy I just can't not mention that. Mr. Tyler Batiste. Tyler, thanks for taking the time, man. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing well, doing well. So let's look at some of the craziness that has happened you know, in the last 24 hours or so in the world of basketball. And one of the biggest things, in, in my opinion, how about the Celtics landing a guy like Malcolm Brogdon?
5: Yeah, that was a, a pretty big surprise. I mean, he's somebody who had... Kind of been on the trade block for a few weeks here, a few months actually. Ever since Indiana pretty much made it clear that they were going to, you know, turn their attention toward a full rebuild. I think a lot of people probably thought Miles Turner might be the, the first one to go, but um, Malcolm Brogdon's a, a solid player. I, I, not to use a cliche, but he's a he's a high IQ guy. He's I mean, somebody who can play on the ball, he can play off the ball, he can defend. And when you look at Boston's roster as a whole, especially after coming off of a finals appearance. The fact that they've got, you know, Malcolm Brogdon, Marcus Smart, Derek White, those are three guys who could start on a lot of teams in the league. One of them or even two of them might even be coming off of the bench depending on how they deploy Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum. Do you play those guys at the three and four? Do you keep them at the two and three like they've been like they've been doing for most of the past uh you know few years. So um looking at what Boston did, they didn't give up a lot. I know a lot of people were reporting that uh, Grant Williams was somebody that Indiana wanted to take back in that trade. The fact that they got Brogdon without giving up Williams, without giving up Peyton Pritchard, who was sort of their eighth man off the bench during that finals run, that um, you know just kind of solidifies uh, uh, what Brad Stevens and those guys are trying to do. It's a, that's a really good pickup.
1: And then the other big trade of the day is the Jazz trading Rudy Gobert to the Minnesota Timberwolves and getting an absolute haul in return. I mean, Malik Be- Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, Leandro Bellarmo, and four first round picks.
5: Yeah, that, I mean, that's y- until you see it on paper, you really don't know whether a guy like, you know, for all of his faults, Rudy Gobert is still one of the best defenders in the league. Um, he's somebody that you kind of build a defense around. I know a lot of people talk about in the in the playoffs the past two years how um, you know, other teams played him off the court, but I think that was more indicative of Utah not really having any other good perimeter defenders. Not necessarily an indictment on Gobert himself. I mean he was going out there with guys like Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley who are are not tall guys, not strong guys, trying to defend, you know, elite wings like Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs. So um, the thing that this begs the question about is if is Rudy Gobert is worth four first round picks in the future. You know, Kevin Durant requested a trade yesterday. What is the deal for him going to look like um, if Rudy Gobert is worth four first round picks? Kevin Durant arguably should be in the seven, eight, nine range if you look at what he's done in his career and what he's accomplished. So it's going to be interesting to see how this sets the market for, for a trade like that. Um, on the court, you know, Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns were, were two. Um, all nba level centers you would think that carl anthony towns is probably going to play a little bit more power forward be a little bit more uh perimeter oriented which is already a part of his game um but he and gobert don't really mesh in terms of what they do offensively on the court so you could definitely see it working out but it's going to be a bit of bit of an adjustment especially when a league that's dominated by you know players who are six 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 seven uh teams going up against two seven footers is going to is going to be a unique challenge
1: Chat with Tyler Batiste here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. You know, that was kind of my next question. Kevin Durant requesting the trade yesterday. You know, clearly he's going to be worth a lot on on the market. You know, where do you see him going and for what kind of package do you see a team having to give up to get Kevin Durant?
5: I mean, you know, the Sun seemed to be kind of his preferred destination. Um, and we actually just had a story that went live over at The Athletic within the past hour from Sam Amick uh, kind of looking at the relationship that Kevin Durant has with Monty Williams. If you remember, Monty Williams is on the Oklahoma City staff in Kevin Durant's last year uh, when his wife was, was, was uh, killed in a, in a car accident. Talks about a little bit about the relationship that Kevin Durant has with him, how much he respects him, how much he um, you know enjoys him, not only as a basketball coach but as a person. So it seems like the Suns, um, there's some smoke to the, the Suns fire that's going on right there. Um, obviously, the Suns can't get rid of Devin Booker if he signs the, the uh, Supermax extension that he agreed to this week. So um, you're looking at maybe a package of you know DeAndre Ayton, Mikael Bridges, Cameron Johnson, basically anybody else but Chris Paul and Devin Booker probably should and, and might be on the table if, if those two teams are talking. Um the Suns own a lot of their draft picks going forward. I think all of their draft picks going forward. So um they could they could throw the uh, you know as many picks as possible at Brooklyn and see what it takes to get a player like Kevin Durant who even though he's thirty four, he's still, you know, one of the top two or three scorers in the league.
1: Now looking at free agency deals that have gone down, obviously, you know, Devin Booker signing a super max, Zach Levine getting a big money deal to stay in Chicago those weren't surprises. What deals have gone down so far, if any, have kind of, you know, surprised you?
5: You know, uh, this is kind of a small one, but Isaiah Hardenstein signing with New York was a bit of a surprise. There was a lot of talk about him potentially ending up in Orlando, but the fact that New York is bringing back Hardenstein and Mitchell Robinson, um, you know, was kind of an interesting move there. They did get rid of New Noel and the in a trade recently, and they're probably going to waive Taj Gibson. So that was a little bit um, of a surprise. Um, Tyus Jones going back to Memphis, too, was 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 pretty shocking. Um, I guess once the free agent landscape kind of played itself out, not a whole lot of teams have a lot of salary cap space. And um, for Tyus Jones to go back in Memphis, a place that he's comfortable, on a pretty short deal, not, uh, not, not anything too long. The fact that he might be able to play his way to a bigger contract in a couple of years, um, I think a lot of people just sort of think a player like that is going to try to go – and uh, be his own man and kind of run his own team elsewhere. But the fact that he's going to go back to, to Memphis is kind of uh, just speaks the kind of player that everybody believes him to be. And again, he's only going to be you know twenty in his late twenties when his uh, next deal is up, so he could certainly get that hundred million dollar contract down the line. But I was surprised to see him show up uh, back in Memphis.
1: Talking about Nikola Jokic, two-time MVP over the last two seasons. Now. You know signed the richest deal in n b a history five years almost two hundred and seventy million dollars. I mean, when you see those numbers on paper, that's just absolutely insane to think about
5: i, I can't even think about a hundred billion I can't even think about a million dollars that way like that, you're getting into like two hundred something like if I had a million dollars you know that's that's life changing money um he's such a unique player. Um, the fact that he's uh, been able to win back-to-back MVPs, that's nothing to be, um, you know, to turn, turn your nose at. I mean, not that many people have ever done that. Um, what he does for Denver, that entire team and organization revolves around him. Um, offensively, defensively, he's kind of the center of the orbit there. Um, yeah, for him to make history, I'm sure is something that people didn't expect when he was, you know, the 41st pick or whatever it was almost a decade ago. For For him to turn into what he has now, Um, and to really just be um, answering his prime, And not only that, but constantly improving. You saw last year he was a much better defender than he was in um, the previous years. So I'm interested to see what that team looks like with Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. back, um, with Bones Highland probably getting a little bit more involved in the offense in the regular season, especially after they traded Monte Morris and and Will Barton. Um, That's a team that's definitely going to make some noise in the regular season and, and likely the postseason over the next few years here.
1: Now, looking a little bit closer to home, chat with Tyler Batiste of The Athletic here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Where, you know, the numbers came out for a Zion Williamson deal, five years, $231 million. You know, where do you think they're at in that process? Because it hasn't been officially announced as a done deal. What what do you think the holdup is?
5: Well, I think part of it is just uh, you know, the, the way the league calendar um the league calendar falls. Like a lot of this news is broken and teams agree to deals um, you know, early in the process, but nothing can be officially signed and put pen to paper until July 6th if I'm not mistaken. So the the team can't officially say anything about it. They can't say that this is a done deal until that uh the moratorium period ends, which happens next week. So I think that's the biggest hold up here. I think that, that's that you know, that's something that is expected um, with Zion Williamson from both sides. If, you know, if you're New Orleans, you can't not offer your number one pick from a few years ago the max contract, even the, with all the injury issues and everything that goes on with Zion Williamson. Not offering that deal basically just makes you look like you don't care about winning and you don't care about success. And, and New Orleans couldn't do that. And if you're Zion Williamson, because of that injury history, because of the things that you've had trouble with in your first couple of years in the league, you can't turn down money like that and say, "Well, I'm not going to sign with New Orleans because I'll just get another deal elsewhere next summer." If Zion plays again this year and gets hurt, maybe a deal like that is not on the table. So this is one of those situations where I think it was pretty clear from both sides that this was something that needed to get done. And I think from an official standpoint, it's just the way the league calendar works out that they can't put pen to paper or you know actually say anything has actually happened until until next week sometime. But um, I, you know, that's all that is.
1: Last question I got for you, Tyler. Do you see what other big names do you see moving? D- does a Kevin Durant deal get done? Does Tyler Hero maybe get moved this weekend? Like, what are you expecting for the weekend?
5: You know, I'll I, I tell you what I'm expecting for the weekend. I hope nothing because I'm in Cincinnati right now and my buddy, a good buddy from uh, LSU is getting married this weekend. So I hope nothing happens this weekend, but, um, you know, Kevin Durant, it's, 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 it's interesting. You don't know how long a deal like that is going to be, um, going to take to negotiate and, and get hashed out. Um, I think that's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. I think if Durant is no longer in Brooklyn, I think Brooklyn looks heavily, um, pretty seriously at trading Kyrie Irving as well. Um, maybe depending on what they get for Durant, they don't have as high of an asking price for Irving. And that's a little bit more, um, a little bit easier to negotiate for other teams. And, and you get more teams involved because they don't have to give up as much. So um, it wouldn't surprise me if neither of those guys are, are on the roster next year in Brooklyn, which if you just look at what's going on with the Nets over the past you know, three or four years, the fact that both of them could be gone by October 2022 is, is something that's honestly shocking.
1: Yeah, Three years to the day from when Kevin Durant and Kyrie went to Brooklyn, KD requested out, which is just Wild. mind-blowing. Wild, Absolutely insane. Tyler Batiste, the managing editor of the Athletic NBA, joining us here on this free agency Friday. Tyler, really appreciate you taking the time. Enjoy your weekend in Cincinnati, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, my friend.
5: Thanks. I appreciate it. Always, uh, Always fun to join you. <laughs>
1: There he goes, Tyler Batiste. The game, 103.7 Lafayette and one zero four one Lake Charles wants to help you see one of the hottest teams in baseball. The Houston Astros take on the Seattle Mariners Saturday, July 30th, and you can be there with our latest Astros weekend getaway. Register in the game clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041 thegamecom to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Let's take a timeout right here when we return. Russ Eisenstein, the radio voice of the Ohio Bobcats, will join us to discuss this latest news and conference realignment and what it does to the little guy. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It's your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: Had a rough day at work? Got lady problems? Not to worry, because you have two wingmen right here. You can be my wingman anytime. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Word for word got that one right. I love sitting here and just reciting the rejoins, especially that one. Top Gun. So good. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It's your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 36 minutes after 5 o'clock. Here on your Friday, conference realignment. Some people say it's great for football. Some people say it's killing college football. Russ Eisenstein is the play-by-play voice of the Ohio Bobcats, and just so happens to be a very good friend of mine. He joins us to discuss this and more in the world of college football. Russ, good afternoon, my man. Thanks for taking the time. How are you?
3: Hey, I'm doing good, and congratulations on this new venture. Uh, it's it's great to know that that I knew you when uh, and you've uh, matriculated through your career, and you're an adult broadcaster now, so congratulations on all of that.
1: I appreciate that, Russ. I really do. So let's let's dive into this. It started, you know, with Texas and Oklahoma a little less than a year ago, announcing that they were going to move to the SEC. Now you have UCLA and USC saying they're going to the Big Ten. You know, walk walk me through that, and you know, is there any logic behind that move? Uh, money, M- money is the logic. Um,
3: it's, it's as simple as that, right? And, and you can throw a whole lot of other uh, phrases in there and reasons why um, student-athlete experience and opportunities and all that, and all that very well may be. But this really comes down to money, doesn't it? And um, that's where we're at right now. Money, money drives everything. And it, it's amazing to think that there's a, a school... Uh, in California, that's going to be in the Big Ten um, that is, is so far away. I mean, the closest school in the Big Ten is Nebraska, uh, to the schools from California. So um, it, it's really amazing to think where we've come in our lifetimes uh, to where we are now and where it's all going to, because this isn't over yet. Uh, and money will continue to drive the bus or fly the plane, as it were, because you're going to have to charter everywhere. And it's more than just football here. Uh, if you look at it, uh, there are a whole lot of other sports at schools, and we could talk about where all this is going. But but this affects softball. This affects golf. This affects volleyball. Um, those schools from California are going to have to go out to Piscataway, New Jersey, to play, and, and a lot of other things, but football. Um, so this is this is major. This is earth shattering stuff, and this throws all tradition. Right or wrong, out the window, and and we'll see where it all goes from here.
1: Yeah, you know, you, you you touched on it. People are people are looking at it from a football perspective, but like you said, you know, imagine USC volleyball flying from USC to Rutgers in in upstate New Jersey on a Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, th-
3: there's there's more to this than football um, and, and where the dominoes are falling here. And I've said it for a long time. Um, I've always thought that we were leading to the, the power schools and the power conferences breaking off and doing their own thing. And, and there's more to it than football. I think that they're going to have to stay with the NCAA when it comes to uh, wrestling and golf and all of the other sports because those have value too. They're, they're not gonna be able to run everything on their own, but they can run football on their own. And so when it comes to schools like uh, University of Louisiana, when it comes to Ohio University, when it comes to Northern Illinois University, um, those are the schools that are gonna to have to decide um, how much money are we gonna throw at this thing anymore? Uh, where do we see ourselves in the future? Are we still going to hang on to a dream of playing on the highest level? Because the gap was wide before, and it's beyond the Grand Canyon-type size now uh, when it comes to um, the differences between our schools and those schools. And, and there's nothing wrong with playing for an FCS title. I grew up uh, as, as somebody that followed the FCS and 1AA football. I'm a, I'm a FCS 1AA graduate. I'm a Southern Illinois University graduate. Um, and so you've got to start to realize where you're at now and, and days like yesterday, um, really show how wide the gap is. And it's nobody's fault on, on our levels. It's just is what it is right now. And so this has major reverberations and repercussions for other schools and other leagues.
1: Russ Eisenstein, the play-by-play voice of Ohio University, joining us here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. You know, you talked about it. They're going towards these – you know, super leagues, if you will, where, where the rich get richer. But then like you, like you kind of touched on just now, the, the little guy, the Ohio's, the schools in the Mac, the schools in conference USA, the schools in the Sunbelt, division two, division three, like what happens, what happens to these guys?
4: Well,
3: we, we could talk for an hour about, you know, where this is, where it could go, where it is going but the bottom line here is um, the the conference reaffiliation, uh, NIL deals, transfer portal, all of this have been an aid to um, the power conference schools, right? Th- there are just things that, that LSU can offer that, unfortunately, the University of Louisiana can't. And that's no disrespect to UL. That's no disrespect to OU or NIU or any abbreviation school throughout the country. It it, it just is what it is. So, so therefore you got to start to reevaluate what, what the highest student athlete experience is going to be for your student athlete. And and that, you know, will take some great deal of foresight and thought and and knowing who you are. Um, And it's okay to know who you are and and to say, you know what, we just simply can't play on that level anymore, but playing for, for a championship I mean, ask North Dakota State fans about how excited they get for playing for an FCS championship, and how they travel and how they how they support their 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 teams their student athletes and their yep. programs. Um, it will be really interesting to see how many dominoes fall here, but but that's where we're at. And then you you talk about football driving the bus. You know, basketball schools can make major headway. In the NCAA tournament, that's a money-making venture if you you keep moving on round by round and and you bolster your conference on the basketball side. So there's a lot to think about here in addition to football.
1: You see, that's that's a great point because, you know, thinking about it this way, let's talk about Kansas. You know, a, a team that won the national championship in basketball this past year, they do not have a great football program. If the Big 12, you know, falls apart, or you know reevaluates itself. Where does Kansas go?
3: Yeah, that's that's
1: something too because
3: of these schools that are going to be in these power leagues. Kansas, for example, um, you could still look back in, in my lifetime to where they were a top five team in the country in college football, and they made it to the Orange Bowl, and they and so the, everybody that that's in those conferences will have a chance to catch lightning in a bottle for a year or two, right? If they're still involved in it, they're going to hang on to that dream, uh, and, and it, it, it's worth it to them because it's going to pay off potentially uh, one of these years. And we'll see how it all works out with the college football playoff and, and accessibility of the championship games. But when you talk about Kansas trying to reach on to a football uh, uh, lightning in a bottle year, it's going to make it that much harder for schools like, you know, Ohio or Louisiana to get there. And, and there's nothing wrong with winning a Sunbelt championship. There's nothing wrong with winning a MAX championship. Um, but you got to realize wh- where's the ultimate dream going to be. It's going to be really hard for these schools to, to gain national notoriety on the highest level anymore. It's just it, it's really tough because it's a different college landscape now than it was even five years ago.
1: Chat with Russ Eisenstein, the Ohio University play-by-play voice. Russ, where do you think NIL fit into this? Because, you know, obviously these conversations, college football has been trending this direction, but it didn't really start falling until NIL became a thing. Yeah,
3: it's interesting to look at that, too, because um, you look at some of these deals, uh, and and on one hand you could say, it's great for the student-athlete because, all right, if somebody's going to be out there and paying them um, and, and, and they can get it, you know, mazel go get it. Um, but there were no guardrails put on this. There. Uh, there's no proof of performance when it comes to, all right, what, what is this student-athlete in any sport really doing for that money that they are being paid? And so it falls back to, all right, uh, how much are you going to be able to govern it now? Uh, how much further are you going to go with it? Um, and yeah, obviously USC and UCLA are going to be able to have far more uh, of a of a pool for NIL collectives and partnerships than say, Louisiana does. It's just it it just is what it is. Um, and there are schools. Ohio has has launched uh, uh, NIL kind of uh, uh, collective to be able to try to. Um, make it worthwhile for for ohio student athletes to be able to get in this mix too uh but it's always going to pale in comparison to what you're going to be able to get from the bigger schools and i think that all of this much like i talked about transfer portal and all that all of this has really aided the power conference schools but then you look back on it and say well you know if a student athlete wants to bet on themselves and go to these power conference schools you know i mean who's to say that that's wrong um, it's just a lot of things to have to think about here. And it all comes back down to it's a brave new world of college athletics on every level.
1: Russ Eisenstein, the Ohio play-by-play voice, joining us here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Russ, really appreciate you taking the time, man, before you run. Uh, what What's going down for the 4th of July weekend in Russ Eisenstein's world?
3: I'm back in in northern Illinois. uh, My my parents live up here, and so I've got a couple of uh, weeks to be able to see some family and
6: grill out a little
3: bit and just relax. And, you know, we're we're painting a gloom and doom picture for this level of college athletics, and I I don't mean it to sound that way because there there can still be some great things that happen on this level of college athletics, right? Absolutely. Um, And and that's that's a little bit removed from, from the power, power, power conference schools, but, but still support your school, still support the Cajuns for sure, much like Bobcat fans are, and we'll see where it all ends.
1: Absolutely, Russ Eisenstein. Really appreciate you taking the time. Have a great Fourth of July with your family, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, my friend.
3: Call anytime. Congrats on the show, and, and yeah, just uh, uh, enjoy the Fourth, and, uh, yeah, go America, USA, everybody.
1: Appreciate you, Russ. There he goes, Russ Eisenstein. Such a good guy. Just a good dude. All right, we'll take one final timeout right here on the game. When we return, James, I've got a trade, a three-team trade, that would give the Pelicans Kevin Durant, and they don't have to give up any of their superstars. I'll explain. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 104-1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The Game Clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you'll have excellent prizes to win, like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse at Cybers Bayou, a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. The only way to score these great prizes is by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So sign up today. All right, so there is a three-team trade floating around social media that uh, I don't know that I'd want to do it, but it intrigues me. It involves the Brooklyn Nets, the Utah Jazz, and the New Orleans Pelicans. So the Pelicans would receive Kevin Durant and first-round pick swaps in 2026 and 2028. The Brooklyn Nets would receive... Rudy Gay, Jonas Valanciunas, Donovan Mitchell, and the Pelicans first-rounder in 2023. The Jazz would get Devontae Graham, Jackson Hayes, Kira Lewis Jr., and the Pelicans, you ready for this? 2024, 2025, 2027, and 2029 first-rounders. Plus the pick swaps with... The Pelicans. Now, James, acquiring Kevin Durant in this move would only add $7 million to the Pels' cap. That's a lot of firsts. I get it. That's your future. However, you still have two first-round picks. You're You're known in the NBA as a very young team. You put this guy with... Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, Zion. I mean, I don't know that I can't say that I would do it,
2: but damn. Here's the thing though. You'd have two slim reapers on your team. Yeah. It's kind of like trying to have two Kobes. I just don't think it works. That's my only thing. Zion plays the 5. Yeah, and then Zion has to play the five because small, a small ball, baby. Because per, small ball. per it's not small ball if you're you're small forward seven foot. Well, that's fair. <laughs> I'm just I'm just calling it how it okay, is.
1: Okay, so Durant plays an athletic five. How about that? He would that? never do that. He how would about that? never do that. You you just play five out. Everybody everybody shoot and drive.
2: Everybody cuts the hey, basket. Th-
1: the Mike D'Antoni, seven seconds
2: or less. Oh, my. I God. mean, that team could do it. We've seen how far they get with that system. That team could do it. That team could
1: do it well. Again, not saying I want to give up seven first-rounders
2: just to get Kevin Durant and two pick swaps. I also don't want to lose perfect hair. Perfect hair? Jonas. Oh. he always
1: His hair is always impeccable. It really is. Even after sweating through a 26-point playoff game, it's still just sitting there. I want to thank Russ Eisenstein, Toby Christie, and Tyler Batiste for joining us today here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe, be well, have a hell of a 4th of July. We'll see you on Tuesday right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.